Welcome to the Creative Rise podcast, where we believe you deserve to break the creative struggle and it should be simple. We are so grateful you're here with us today. Let's dive in. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Creative Rise podcast. Today is going to be a great episode. So we're so glad you're here. Quick pause. If you have not already listened to last week's episode, make sure you go listen to that. It was with our friend Mike Payne from Arcade Studios. Phenomenal conversation on problem solving, scaling, building a team, uh, where advertising is going. If you have not listened to that, I would highly encourage you to listen to that. But for today, we are going to be talking with a new friend of the show, someone that we just met today. And basically, the premise of it, it's it's a chat. It's someone from the Creative Rise community that reached out when we prompted people to reach out and said, hey, if we're going to do 15, 20 minutes of free coaching, do you have a question? If so, we'd love to get you on the podcast. And Peter reached out and said, I would love to. Here's my question. Can you help me? So today is a conversation about, hey, how do you navigate doing two things, right? So mm-hmm. many creatives build businesses where they do multiple things at the same time. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? How do you pick one? Yeah. It's just an insightful conversation that we had with him that you're not going to want to miss because it's such a common question. And if you're not dealing with it now, you're probably going to deal with it in the future. But before we get into that, I want to encourage you guys Guys, there's never been a better time to make money as a creative. I was just reminiscing on our last Creative Rise Mastermind round. I was literally scrolling through the chat and I want to read this to you. This is right when the mastermind ended, round seven. So this was, you know, pushing uh, the last group of people we put through the six week Creative Rise Mastermind. If you don't know what that is, it's a mastermind we started almost three years ago now that teaches you the fundamentals of business and all the areas of running a creative business that you need to know. So example, sales, marketing, finances, scaling, building a team, building a brand, like so many things, uh, strategizing your offers. And we run you through all the content. We've got a communal aspect to it where we jump on weekly group calls with you. There's so many levels of coaching in there and accountability that you get. It's phenomenal. It's amazing what happens in people's businesses. But here's the message that I said right as this wrapped up. And I want to encourage you with this. I said, team, you all did it. This is in our Instagram group chat of all 30 of them, plus Christy and I. Team, you all did it. $249,858.34 is what you all made in six weeks. Then I said, at least that's what we know about with a winky face. Because what happens is every time you're in the mastermind, you make money. We encourage you to ring the bell, like put a little bell emoji, tell us how you made money or how much money you made, how you made it, and what's one thing you learned in the process of that. So everyone in in our community can learn, right? It's a phenomenal way to get celebrated and and be able to celebrate people, but also learn from everybody's uh, success, which is really cool. $249,858. You might as well round up and call it $250,000, guys, is what our last group of 30 people, the last group of 30 people that went through the six-week mastermind made in six weeks. That's not a like, oh, that's what we all made in a year. That was what every single person made in six weeks. So if you break that down, $250,000 divided by 30, it roughly estimates out to about $85 or $8,600, whatever it was. I just did the math a couple of minutes ago. That means that on average, if you join the mastermind, on average, most people tend to figure out how to make over a thousand bucks a week while they're in the mastermind, which is insane. So guys, if you're not in a community like that, if you're not experiencing results like that in your business, if you're not even fulfilled, maybe you are, maybe you're making you know, a thousand bucks a month, a thousand bucks a week, uh, two thousand bucks a week, whatever it's going to be. Like, let's say you're making six figures a year, but you don't enjoy what you're doing, or it feels like you're pushing a rock uphill. You've got to get into the Creative Rise Mastermind community. We're launching the next round. So, like I just said, this is round seven. We're launching round eight coming up. 
launches it starts on September 18th. Yeah. It launches on September 5th, but it always sells out basically from the waitlist. And so if you're not on the waitlist, you got to get on the waitlist. The waitlist is getting access at the end of this month, at the end of August, which is mm-hmm. phenomenal. And it's application only. So when we say, hey, you got to get on the wait list, it's application only because as you can see, we have people that just literally a community that developed and, and generated 250 grand in six weeks. We always try and make sure the right people that are really ready to learn and really ready to grow their businesses are the ones that get the spots. That's why it's application only. So if you want to be a part of that, if me reading that just blew your freaking mind, because it blows my mind every time we I read know, things like it's that. awesome. Quarter million dollars in six weeks from a group of 30 creatives. Like that's phenomenal. If you want to be a part of that, this is going to push us over 200 people that have gone through that. Again, starts September 18th, runs into October. I really, really want you to be there. We really, really want you to be there. I yeah. just hit your mic as I was talking. <laughs> we really want you to be there. All you got to do is go to creativebrows.com forward slash nothing. Just creativebrows.com. Uh, I was... I always say forward slash, you know, because we're always directing people yeah, to like yeah, yeah. links for freebies or something. Creativebrows.com, you will see waitlist buttons everywhere. If you have questions about the mastermind, please text us. You can find the text us button on our on our social profile. DM us, do whatever you got to do to ask your questions because we do not want you to miss out on this next round and miss out on generating, you know, being a part of generating the next quarter million dollars probably this next group is going to create or more in the fall. So really want you to be a part of that. Yeah. Crazy. So those cool. numbers blow my mind every single time because yeah, it's it's insane. It's such a, a, a an incredible community for people like uh, the guy we're talking to today. So without further ado, that was a long intro, but here's Peter. Good one, here's our conversation. Here's with Peter. Peter. What's going on, Peter Vanderwall? Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It's gotta be Dutch. Tell me your last name is Dutch. Oh yeah, I'm like 98 <laughs> percent Dutch. Like. Third generation, <laughs> I fourth love generation, I something love like that. If you're not yeah. Dutch, you ain't much. What is it? Is that what it it's is? Something like that. You probably yes. know Peter, right? <laughs> okay. So here's the deal. Most people I run into who aren't from like the suburbs of Chicago have no idea what Dutch is. Like they don't even know what country that is. Really? What? So this is so crazy that you guys are jumping on this. Yes. <laughs> like, okay. Well, how do you not? Know I what was Dutch born are? in Chicago. I don't know. So it's in my blood. Apparently, it's like that's. Like I guess a- it's in your blood. It Dutch is. people are like a staple of like culture. Culture. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Th- see, that's you are what a I thought. Staple, Peter. You are, you are a staple. Thank you guys. Well, <laughs> Peter, that's welcome so sweet to the show. You. Really glad that we're gonna get to chat with you today. If you're listening to this and you're like, okay, what's Peter doing on the show? Who is Peter? Well, Peter's just someone who reached out and said, Hey, I've got a question I would love to chat about. And Christy and I are going, awesome, let's get you on the podcast and let's yeah. give you free advice. And then hopefully a ton of other people can learn from it because there's probably a lot of people that are in the same position as you, Peter, which is cool. So thank you for being open to kind of sharing what's going on inside of your business, businesses, and allowing other people to get value from it as well. So a couple questions for you, rapid fire right off the bat so people can get to know you. Number one, you just said it, but where are you from? I'm from the suburbs of Chicago. Love it. Is that like, do you have like a Chicago accent? Because I feel like I definitely do. Yeah. I had some friends had, from California in high school and they always made fun of me for the way I say my A's. Like it's a little more aggressive maybe than the California or the West Coast kind of <laughs> says it. Gotcha. I gotcha. love it. Okay. So we got a Dutchman with a Chicago, Chicago accent. Um, Chicago. Second question. Chicago. What do you do? How, when people ask you, what do you do? What yeah, do you how say? do you answer? So the simple answer when I don't want to go into a long conversation about it is I do video production, but the kind of longer answer is I own two brands. So one is called Social Club Studios and we do commercial video production, 
primarily for like brand social media. So do a ton of like TikTok content, ton of Instagram reels, like that kind of stuff. That's really been our staple. And then the other brand is called Vander Film Co. And it's my weddings brand. So that's actually how I initially got into the video production industry was through weddings, shot like 50 weddings last year, and then just been kind of like scaling it back to a little bit more of a reasonable level. 50 weddings. Dang. 50 weddings. And that was probably yeah. all in the summer because Chicago gets <laughs> pounded with snow, right? Probably mostly yeah. in the summer. So we hit that's why we hit November and I was just like, all right, I'm done. And yeah. I didn't shoot another wedding for like five months. Yeah. Man. Sounds about right. That's Man, crazy. Yep. That's wild. And then Peter, how long have you been in the creative industry for? Yeah. Like when did you start? So I got my first kind of introduction to video production in like the fall of 2019. I was taking like a freshman level marketing class in college. And part of the the like final project was to create this commercial for this fake product we had come up with. And I really enjoyed that. And so that kind of was what got me into the industry. But I guess I've only really been getting paid for it now for like just over a year. I think it was last February, like February 2021 was my first actually like paid job. Nice. Cool. Oh, okay, so love pretty it. Fresh. I love that, man. Congrats. Yeah. That's yeah. super cool. And so let's get right on into the question here. We've obviously talked offline a little bit about the question. I'm excited to jam on this with you. We're both really excited because I think this mm-hmm. is a question that so many creatives ask. And a lot of creatives don't get an answer to it because they don't ask the right people, you know, or they're not asking it in the right way. And then they try and figure it out themselves and they never figure it out and it ends up killing their business. So what is your question, Peter? I'm really excited for everyone to kind of hear this and dive on in. Yeah. So my question is, I've got these two brands. I've kind of separated them, my weddings from my commercial work. And I love all of it. Like I love both brands dearly and Mm. like I make decent money from doing both of them and doing kind of focusing on them equally. But I feel like I'm maybe six to 12 months away from like really blowing up with one or the other. And Mm -hmm. I just need to kind of like put one on the back burner, call it a side project or whatever, and like really focus on the other one. And I just don't know like what's the best way to do that if I actually do need to do that. And so I guess that's kind of my question for you guys. Mm. So phenomenal question. You're going, I'm building two things right now. How do I not blow them up? Should I build two things? Should I focus on one? If I do have to focus on one, which one do I pick, right? Which one's better? Yeah. Uh, Those are big decisions. So first of all, when you say blowing up, I'm sure that intrigued a few people. When you say I'm six to 12 months from blowing them up, why do you think that? Like, What does blowing up mean to you and why do you think you're going to blow them up? Yeah. So I guess that's that's actually a good question because some people might take that in a bad way. But by blowing up, I mean like taking it like to another level. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason I feel that way is like something that I've really prioritized in the past year, year and a half has been building connections in the Chicago area with people who are five to 10 years ahead of me in their career Mm. and doing things that I want to be doing one day. And, you know, I look at the path they took and I kind of get advice from them and see what their path looked like. And then I look at the, the kind of opportunities that I'm getting in the creative industry. And it's like, I'm getting a lot of kind of smaller opportunities. And if I had the bandwidth to be able to really like get in and expand a few of those, then I think I'd be in a much better place making more money and working less or working more on things that like truly, really matter to me. 
Gotcha. And so mm. name an opportunity. Give us like an example of that, some context for the listeners and for us. Yeah. So like I'm connected with a bunch of wedding filmmakers and companies that hire wedding filmmakers here in the Chicago area. And so like I get more requests for associate shooting or second shooting weddings than I could possibly handle. And yeah. so if I could focus on a few of those relationships and be like, okay, these are the ones that are like really important to me, then, you know, I could over time grow those and um, kind of use that to maybe get more of my own bookings or be able to charge more for that associate shooting or that second shooting. Another example might be in the, like the commercial space. You know, I get, I've got one retainer client right now who's kind of my bread and butter. And then I do a lot of like one-off projects, but if I could kind of focus on those one-off projects and moving them to a retainer model, yep, mm-hmm. that would obviously be like an incredible source of cash flow as well. Of course, of course. Okay, yeah. so yeah, give us a little bit more context around where each of these are. So you said you shot 50 weddings last year. How many of those were your own weddings? How many were associate shooters? So last year, like 48 of them were, were associate weddings. Um, yeah. but I got connected with this company in the area that they nice. they just handed me the bookings basically. Gotcha. Okay. Very so cool. you're doing a yeah. lot of stuff for other yeah. people. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And then on the brand side, on the commercial side, you said you've got that one retainer and you'd like to push towards getting a few more. We'll use your term blowing up. Like how close to that blowing up do you, or how much opportunity do you see there versus on the wedding side? Because I think that's probably a good place to start. Obviously you can be successful in both. Right. And I'm Mm -hmm. just going to come out of the record and say, you can be successful while doing both. Right. But it just, success looks different. If you build a wedding company and a commercial business, Yes. you know, at the same time, success is going to look different than if you go, I'm going to double down on commercial or I'm going to double down on mm-hmm. wedding. So mm-hmm. where do mm-hmm. you think you see the most opportunity from your perspective when you look at those two things and why? Yeah, that's a good question. So because I'm doing so much associate work with weddings, the dollars per hour are probably quite a bit lower than what it would be if it was my own bookings. And so I think that's got like, so right now I'll just like probably 75% of my income is from the commercial side. And the Mm -hmm. amount of hours I'm putting in is probably closer to 50-50. So like the weddings brand is like financially right now, it's less profitable and I'm making less money Mm -hmm. from it. But also if I was to like, for example, I could make like $1,500 maybe associate shooting a wedding. That would be like kind Mm -hmm. of the cap versus my own booking. I mean, my own bookings are like 3,000 minimum. And so like if I'm getting more of my... (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And I'm hanging out with people who are charging ten to fifteen thousand dollars per wedding, so I know yeah. what yeah. is possible there. And there's just, mm-hmm. I think there's way more. You know, I could easily like, I could pretty quickly double the amount I'm making per wedding. I think. Yeah, Peter, I have a question for you. What yeah. does success feel like for you? So, if you could like talk about, hey, in the future, this is what would feel successful for me. Like this is what would be really exciting for me. Not necessarily down to like, oh, if I chose weddings or if I chose brand, but like, yeah. what does success really look like for you? Because I think that also tells us more context on like what area we would recommend you go into. And how you yeah, and how you would do that, about yeah. it. Mm, that's a good question. You know, I think to me, like one of the most important things is time freedom. That's something I really enjoy about being an entrepreneur. So just like having time freedom. I will say one thing I don't enjoy about shooting a ton of weddings is like all my weekends being taken up. So that's something that would be important to me down the road. Yeah. I mean, is that kind of the direction you're you're asking? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a great that's a great answer. 
Okay. So time freedom, huge thing. That's awesome. I think, do you have one that you're more excited about? Or does one feel like the safe option and one feels like the exciting option? Mm. Yeah. Weddings, I th- the past like three or four months, I think weddings has definitely been the one I'm more excited about. Okay. You know, obviously, I mean, Christy, you were in the industry, like, you know how it is. You come away really, yep. really tired. But when you're shooting yep. for, with the right couples and the right vendor team, you also come away like really, yeah. really excited and stoked and just like totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. And so, yeah, I think weddings is definitely more exciting and commercial definitely seems like more the safe option to me. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, cool. I thought you were going to say it was the other way around. I was going to guess you were going to say weddings feel safe. Yeah, because, well, for the most part, weddings, being a wedding filmmaker is a much more cookie cutter type business than commercial, right? Like Mm -hmm. commercial, you've got to teach yourself sales, you've got to teach yourself, you know, opportunity cost offer, generate. Like you got to teach yourself so many things that you also need in the wedding space, but the Mm what you can get by without it in the wedding space. So for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. they naturally get into weddings before they get into commercial because it's a little bit of a cookie cutter, easier thing to get into traditionally. I'm not speaking for everybody, but traditionally. Yeah, that makes sense. So interesting you say commercial is a safe option. So I want to make a little case towards this, a little food for thought for you because I come from the commercial space. I've shot couple weddings in my day as well. So I understand how it works. And we obviously at Creative Rise work with hundreds of wedding filmmakers and photographers. So I've seen every inch of the industry on the back end on the business side. The cool thing about weddings is there's always going to be people getting married. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a great thing. One of the downsides about building a great wedding brand is for the most part, it's it's not ideal to, to build out a, you know, a super super solid associate team if you ever wanted to scale back the time you're putting into it, right? And it happens yeah. because you've obviously been an associate. You know that's a that's a model that can work, but it's it's a little bit more difficult doing that, I would say from a longevity perspective. I haven't met people that have created wedding brands, started using associate shooters so they don't have to show up and made it more than like three to five years. Everyone kind of teeters off after a few years because you get new and upcoming people who will actually show up. They'll actually be present. They'll be like the main person in the brand and on your day, right? Those always kind of tend to come in and take over. So the good thing about that is, is you know, there's always going to be weddings. It's a little bit more of a cookie cutter model to grow. And it's a really simple offer. That's a great thing about weddings. Mm. It's a very simple offer. So it's really scalable really quick. Yeah. You know, just the downside of that is it's really scalable really quick and a lot of your time has to be has to be poured into that, right? Totally. So, uh-huh. now I'm going to make an offer on the commercial side. Obviously, I've seen what you're doing online. You've got a you've got a good understanding of of where video production is going, you know, and how vulnerable people are that don't have, you know, the ability to produce content going forward for their business. The great thing about commercial is it's way more scalable than weddings because there's only so many weddings you can shoot in a year. You could have 150 commercial clients, you know, because you can just keep adding people to work under you on your team because the stuff that you're going to be doing commercial wise is way less personal and you don't have to always be there. You can just develop a team that can really push a client across the finish line, taking them from a problem to a great solution, which gives you commercial will offer you long term a lot more time freedom. And most of the time, commercial, if you do it right, is going to offer you a lot more wealth because you're solving bigger problems. You know, weddings, yes, you can get people that get up into the $10,000, $15,000 per wedding. That's pretty rare. It happens, but mm-hmm. that's not the average consumer is going to want to be paying that. We're on the commercial space. You could go B2C, you could go B2B, 
whatever you want to do, there's a hundred bajillion businesses, you know, in the US alone that you could that could pay you for something. You know, and so there's there's a lot more opportunity. I, I always tell people there's a lot more opportunity in the commercial space, not only for you to make money, but there's a lot more opportunity for you to train people on the on the skills you know, that are helping you problem solve for whatever company's hiring you, for you to build people under you, which is going to give you more time back. With that in mind, uh, and you probably already knew that, but just to reiterate that, mm-hmm. what are you attracted to there and what are you not attracted to? Yeah. I mean, the thing I am attracted to, and I've always kind of had this in my mind as like, so I'm 20, right? So I've got like, yep. I figure mm-hmm. I've probably got 10 years before my life is in a place where I'm like, I really need to not be doing weddings or need to cut way back. And so the goal would be by the time I'm 30, let's just say to have, yeah, to be able to like fully rely on that commercial studio kind of idea where I have people working under me and I don't need to DP a project. I don't need to edit a project, but I can if I want to. Gotcha. Okay. So you're saying you are excited about the weddings. You're seeing Mm -hmm. the next 10 years of your life kind of as a grind season, which I respect yeah. that. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to work in today's day. Yeah. That's awesome. That you're like, no, I want to yeah. work mm-hmm. for the next 10 years. But you're also going, I still need somehow to have that commercial leg of what I'm doing living so that, you know, one day if I want to lean back on it, it's it's a think about it as a table, right? Maybe three legs of the table are wedding, and then you've got one leg of the table that's mm-hmm. that's gonna be brand that you can always yeah. rely on to be there and keep you sturdy. So mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I think our advice, and Krista, you can definitely speak into this. Yeah, I've got some thoughts. Putting a bow on all of the things we just asked you is simplicity scales things and really focusing on things scales things. One of, one of my favorite things that um, Alex Hermosi, I don't know if you know who that is, said recently yep. online is he said, you know, everyone says, oh, the average millionaire is seven income streams, which is true. I saw Most that. people yeah. don't make their first million. You know, you saw mm-hmm. this. Most people don't make their first million off of all seven things. Some people do if they build super slow. Most people, you know, make their money off of one thing they really focus in on and they, they really scale that. And then once they scale that, they can diversify the wealth they've made from it into a bunch of other stuff or they can start another business and, and it can really help them. I've rarely met people and I, I have met a few, but I've rarely met people that build wedding businesses and they build a commercial business at the same time and they do them really well. Most of the time what happens is each business will make them like 50K and they're like, oh, it's going great. You know, I'm making six figures, but they could be making a couple hundred grand, you know, if they really focused on weddings or they could be making a couple hundred grand if they really focused on commercials. So what we like to say is you can do both. You just need to define a primary and you need to define a yes. secondary. Yeah. And once you've defined that, your entire brand needs to align with that and go, yeah. I am primarily a this. However, I'm multifaceted. I'm talented in different ways. I have different skills. So mm-hmm. if we really want to chat, like let's say you go to a wedding, you someone asks you, oh, so this is what you do? You say, yeah, I'm a wedding filmmaker. You know, I run a, a wedding filmmaking studio. And then I also serve people I meet through this industry who have business needs. I also serve them in the video production area, helping them solve problems you know, in the commercial space. But mm-hmm. that's secondary to my weddings. If you take on that personification, I think you're really going to allow yourself to focus in. Because that's one of the biggest parts right, about scaling anything is actually convincing ourselves that we're going to focus on something, right? You know, if you can convince yourself and you can kind of re-identify, take on that new identity as I am someone who primarily chooses this, 
you're going to be able to, you know, give a little bit more of your time to that. So yeah. when I say that, or do you have anything? I was to just going to say, and it, from what our earlier conversation was, it's like, oh, you're giving 50% effort in one thing, 50% effort in the other thing. And I think when you give 50% effort in a business, you get like 20% results. Totally. Like, but if you can give 80% to one, I think you can get like 100% results. Mm -hmm. So if you can kind of categorize one's 80 and one's 20, that way this one runs in the background. Like a lot of times we talk about you have a front-facing brand and you've got almost like this invisible brand behind you that also works for you and gives you income, but it's not the outward-facing brand as yeah. Joey was kind of mentioning. And you have a great example of that. You've done yeah, that. You did that's that what I, So that's exactly what I did, Peter, is I did weddings. I got into weddings. That was what I was doing. Scaled it up to being like 80% of my time was weddings. It was giving me 100% like income-wise. It was great. I started introducing brands behind the scenes. Like no one knew that I was yeah. shooting for LaCroix. Nobody knew that I was shooting for other brands in my local area. No one knew. Like it was all behind. I never posted about it. Like it was always behind the scenes. But it was something that was retainer style that was feeding my income alongside of my big brand that I was building, mm -hmm. which was weddings at the time. And then over time, it totally flipped, right? Like wedding, I scaled back on weddings. Then my brands scaled up, like Creative Rise scaled up. So yeah. What were you going to say question-wise? I just wanted to add that No, in. I just think that's great. And I think one of the reasons that I really want to highlight, Peter, why she did that and why I would really encourage you to, to, to not fully drop commercial is because, you know, we just, uh, the Fed just announced that we're in a recession now. You know, when, mm. when we go into a recession, people stop spending on luxurious things and they spend on necessities, right? And so mm. for the most part, a lot of people's wedding budgets shrink. For the most part, some people would go, oh, I only want a photographer. I don't need a filmmaker. The classic thing. And I'm like, why would you ever do that? Oh. Wedding film is way better than wedding photos. Um, <laughs> okay. Don't trigger all of our audience. <laughs> but well, that's just my perspective. I try not to say that. You know, you, you, you know Peter. Oh, yeah. But I'm like, I, disagree. So I disagree. Wait, what are you talking about? He's a, yeah, right. I don't know what you're talking about, Joey. Yeah. So Friends. what Christy did and why I'd really encourage you to not, if you do go weddings, don't fully drop commercials yeah. because if yeah. you're, and you've probably heard us say this before, we say this all the time in Creative Rise and we go ham on this in the mastermind. Like you cannot have a cost only operated business. Meaning you're, if you run a business and all you sell, all of your services are cost-based things, meaning nobody makes money off of yeah. you. When hard times come on an individual or on an entire economy, you get pushed mm -hmm. to the side. Mm -hmm. More often than not, you mm -hmm. get pushed to the side, right? Yeah. Where if you are running a commercial business, you know, and you are an investment-based business, meaning when someone pays you, Peter, you're helping them make money. When hard times come upon that business, they might double down on you, right? When hard times come on an economy, you know, we go, what are the single things we need to be investing in for our business right now that are going to produce the best results? Mm -hmm. You know, anything that's mm -hmm. just a cost that's not actually producing us any money, we need mm -hmm. to just get rid of, right? right. So I, I say this all the time. I urge people that are in the wedding space, do not get too comfortable being a cost-based business and then wonder why you lose your business someday. Or mm -hmm. maybe you won't lose it. Like a lot of people didn't fully lose their businesses when the pandemic hit. But for the most part, they probably lost like, 70%, I would say wedding photographers, wedding filmmakers yeah. in the beginning of COVID, like in the first quarter, first half when it was really shut down, they lost 80% mm -hmm. of their income probably is because they were, they only knew how mm -hmm. to be cost based rather than going, 
I'm an investment-based business. I know how to make yeah. people money. And so this is the best time I could ever be living in right now because people need ways to make money more than ever, right? Mm -hmm. So something mm -hmm. to think about. What what do you think about when yeah. we kind of We just talked a lot. So what yeah. are you thinking? Yeah. The language of cost-based versus investment-based is really, really striking with me because that's something I've really, like, I feel like I've done a good job with my commercial clients of showing them like, hey, this is an investment and you're going to make money off of this and of like focusing on how to help them make money. But I hadn't thought of it from the wedding side. Like it is a cost-based business. And like at the end of the day, even though, you know, I, I would say a wedding film is a necessity for your wedding. At the end of the day, you can yeah. still get married. When people would say it's an investment, film. right? People would go, oh, it's an emotional investment, which it is. Sure. It's just, it's not sure. going to make somebody money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So That's, what are you thinking when you hear all that? What is that? We came into the conversation going, I'm putting 50-50 both mm -hmm. and I'm mm -hmm. getting much better results with my commercial for less time but I really enjoy the wedding stuff. And, I and there's opportunity there. to create a lot more in developing your own yeah, brand with weddings. With weddings. There's opportunity yeah. on both sides. Where do you, where what do you, you want to do? Land? <laughs> what do you want to do? <laughs> well, when you put it like that, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's something I'm going to have to do more thinking on, but just like, totally. just after this conversation, I'm definitely like leaning more towards primarily doing weddings. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of been my personal brand, like in person, you know, if somebody asks me what I do, yeah. My thoughts are what I do is based on what I spend my time on, right? And right now I'm spending mm -hmm. a lot of my time on my weddings business. And so I think I just need to kind of make the switch online to where that's a little bit more primary. Because mm -hmm. if you look at my website and my social media, it kind of looks like that's more of a secondary thing. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, that's a big switch. And that's that awesome. Is, yeah. That is undeniably the thing that will get you out of shooting associate shootings yes. and into your mm -hmm. you having your own primary bookings, right? Mm -hmm. is, is you yeah. fully showing up as like, no, I'm not an associate guy. I'm, you're hiring me, right? Yes. But you've got to yeah. really show up as that. Yeah. So, okay. So let's yeah. wrap up in the last two minutes here. What are a few things you're going to take away from this conversation? And then what are like one or two, I'll ask you this again, probably, but one or two actionable things that you're going to, you're going to walk away from and do now that you've had this chat. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the biggest takeaway for me is kind of what Christy said, the 80, using the 80-20 rule yep. for the business and just trying to, yeah, put, you know, instead of being 50-50 on my time, just be really intentional. And maybe that means I'm going to have to outsource some editing or something like that, but like do what I can to make sure I'm putting 80% effort into probably weddings, but whichever one it is that I end up making my primary business. Cool. Awesome. Love it. And then what is now your action steps? What Give us two things you're going to take away. Like I'm going to go do this. Do. Yeah. Action steps. I think I need to sit down with some of those wedding filmmaker friends of mine and just get really clear on what it's going to take to move out of associate shooting and move mm -hmm. into like getting a lot of my own bookings and getting yep. like high quality bookings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. Anything else that you're going to do? Mm. I think I'm going to be looking more into outsourcing. Like it was something I was already kind of thinking of, but like getting a remote editor or, you know, finding somebody I can trust to do some of that editing for the mm -hmm. commercial work. Cause I mean, especially when it comes to TikTok and Instagram content, like it's not complicated. No, not at yeah. all. And so I think like, I think that'll free up a lot of my time and that'll just be more, more value for the business. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
I love, love that. It. Definitely look towards that. Uh, if you're getting help with doing short form video stuff, that's so, mm-hmm. so such a good such a good first step in outsourcing because that's something that could easily be reproduced, you know, by somebody else. Yeah. The other two things I think you should really take away as actionable things. Number one, I would say the first thing you need to do is you need to re-identify. You need to convince yourself first that you are primarily yeah. a wedding filmmaker, yes. right? And that's going to be your brand. Because if you can convince yourself of that, you can obviously then start convincing the world. If you're not convinced of that, the world's not going to be convinced of that. Mm-hmm. And then number two is you got to start showing that. So yep. make sure your brand online also communicates that, right? That is going to be everything. And then number three should be, yes, go talk to people uh, in the industry and go, hey, what do I do to move from associate shooting to mm-hmm. you know getting my own primary bookings? But if you can do those three things, I think you're, uh, even if you still give 20% of your time to commercial, I think your commercial is still going to grow because it sounds like you've got a good understanding yeah. of how to, you know, create a retainer, maintain a retainer and come through mm-hmm. on a retainer, deliver on a retainer. But I think your wedding business is also going to really thrive. But you've got to move, yes, from that associate to that that primary stuff. And I think those three steps will really help you do that. That's Awesome. Awesome. Cool, man. Cool. Well, hey, we are wow. going to uh, wrap up with that. Any any final words from the Dutchman? Do you have anything? <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, like, thank you guys. This has been super helpful and is giving me like so much to think about. And I feel like I really like I've spent a lot of time over this summer kind of working like in the business and I haven't stepped back in a little while to look at the yeah the high level view. So this is really mm-hmm. helpful and this has given me some stuff to, to really work on on that high level mm. stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. So thank you guys. Yeah. Well, it's great having you on the podcast, Peter. And I'm glad we got to work on your business and not just in your business today. This was a ton of fun. So thanks for being here. Absolutely. Love it. Thanks, Peter. What a great convo with Peter. I hope that was super helpful for you. Yeah. That's such a common question, right? It's like, yeah, I'm building two things. You know, where do I go? Do I push deeper into this, push deeper into that? I hope us just walking through that with Peter helped maybe give you a few aha moments, a few things that you learned uh, that you can take into your own creative business. So yeah, what a great convo. Yeah, I really love when Peter was talking about, man, this just felt so good to get out of working in my business and start working on my business again, right? Getting up to that 10,000 foot level, looking down into your business. That's something that Joey and I need to do constantly. That's something we try to do Mm -hmm. every week, honestly, is get out of our business, talk to people around us that are going where we want to go and look back down and go, okay, what needs to change? What do I need to do differently? How do I strategize? Because strategy is so much of business and getting things to move forward. And so I love that Peter said that. He's like, I'm going to I'm gonna continue to go outside of myself. I'm going to continue to talk to people around me in Chicago. I'm going to continue to reach out to people that are mentors of mine and get that 10,000 foot level range on my business to, in order to grow, in order to strategize and move forward. And so if, the, if that's you, if you're like, man, I sit in my business all day long and I sit in my editing cave or I sit with working with my clients and I just feel like all I do is deliver galleries. Or My only companion is my cat. My only companion is oh, maybe a dog. bummer, a cat or a dog. Then... We want to encourage you, get outside of yourself, get to that 10,000 foot level and whatever you need to do to get there is absolutely essential. And if you don't have something like that, if you're like, I have no idea who I would turn to, or I've got some peers, but they're all kind of with me in the struggling and it doesn't feel like we get up to that 10,000 foot level because I don't have people that have gone where I want to go. That's honestly why we created the Creative Rise Mastermind. And Joey talked about it earlier in this podcast. But I just want to say, if you're looking for something like that, if you're like, I don't have that community and I'm always in my business, I never get to that 10,000 foot level, then this is for you. This is something that we have designed to be a six-week virtual program for people to go along with other creatives and go, how do we get 
up out of our businesses so that we can move our businesses forward rather than just staying in the mm-hmm. same spot. So if you're done staying in the same spot and you're seeing, man, I have way more opportunity and potential than I'm currently realizing, this is for you. So again, applications go out at the end of this month to the waitlist. So if you're not on the waitlist, all you have to do again is go to creativerise.com or just go to our Instagram profile. You'll find the link there. Hop on that. It's super easy. It's a no commitment waitlist. So you can hop on and just see what this is all about, learn more, and then decide if applying is right for you. So if you're not on the waitlist, get on it. And if you've got questions about the mastermind, we would love to chat with you because this is an awesome decision for your business, but we want you to make sure you know it's awesome for you. So feel free to chat with us. We'd love to chat with you. Text us. We'd love to chat. Yeah. So you guys give Peter a follow. We'll put his uh, links in the bio below so you can go and encourage him as well. But thank you for being here with us and we will see you next week. See you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. We were so happy to have you here. And do not forget to jump onto iTunes, give us a five-star rating and write a written review. That would mean the world to us. And we'll catch you next time on the Creative Rise podcast, where we believe you deserve to break the creative struggle and it should be simple. Peace.